Welcome to Beyond Queer Stories, the podcast that gives voice to the queer community through the art of storytelling. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Queer Stories. I'm Dawn. I'm Anna Deshawn. And we have a special episode this week. So we are doing something a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit different format because we have Sean Coleman with us today of our touch coins. And if you haven't yet, check out episode 35 so you can hear all about Sean's work and cuddle parties and individual cuddle sessions. And we thought it'd be great to bring you in just to have a conversation because physical touch is something a lot of us aren't getting right now. So we want to just chat with you a little bit about that and how that impacts people and how people can navigate that. So I'm excited to have you. Yes, I'm definitely excited to be here. Thank you for that awareness around the importance of physical touch and especially um, its impact right now as a lot of us are physical distancing and finding ways to avoid touch. Mm -hmm. I also think it's interesting, right? I'm a person who has read up on like love languages and how people receive love, how people like to give love. And if you don't know what your partner or your family members need or what their love language is, people could really feel even more isolated, even more alone. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my wife, she loved getting gifts. So mm -hmm. if I just keep getting stuff delivered from Amazon, I'm good. <laughs> but I, <laughs> but I do like touch and I like physical touch. And so I have to ask for my hugs because she will never just obligate like just hey, let me give you a hug. That's just not who she is. So I'm all about it. I, I think I asked for a hug today, so I needed a hug. So I'm all about this this whole situation you got going on, Sean. <laughs> Thanks. Absolutely. I love that you brought up like the love languages uh, by Gary Chapman, because like it's important to remember that for some people, you know, physical affection and touch is just like, it's a nice thing, or it'd be cool if that happened. But for some of us, it is like, and like an important need that we're very aware of on a regular basis and that we need in order to feel love and to feel connected to people, to feel supported, to feel grounded. You know, like you mentioned, it's definitely important. And um, it, yeah, like during this time period, like it makes perfect sense that people would be distancing themselves. It makes perfect sense that people wouldn't be giving out hugs. And at the same time, for those of us who like have physical touch as one of our primary love languages, when we are going in for the hug or when we are accustomed to like cuddling up next to somebody and like we are approaching the room and they instantly start moving over further away from us, that hurts our hearts, you know? Like we know like intellectually, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, you know, the mayor did say that they should do that, but also it still hurts. <laughs> It hurts big time. And yeah, and like touch is just, it's important. It's a need. And yeah, it's a way that a lot of us experience love for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I've been thinking about it a lot because I live alone. So I had a roommate for a little bit and she moved out and now it's just me here. So I haven't been around someone in my circle in weeks, right? And my friend group is pretty touchy-feely. Like we're, you know, pretty 
hands-on, snuggly, things like that, depending on the person. So when I'm around my friends, I feel all this love and this connection and physical connection. And it's strange doing that virtually now. Like we're definitely doing that virtually, which is nice. I love that. Like we had a virtual dance party together. We've had a virtual birthday party the other night because we're all Aries too, which is crazy. So there's like six of us who have birthdays in the next few days. So we're doing what we can, but then I like my love language is physical touch too. So not having that possibility, it can be, it can feel really strange to just Mm -hmm. have this virtual interaction and not having that physical connection with people. Yeah, it definitely can feel strange. Yeah. I've been like trying to find like ways to get physical touch any way that I can right now because it's so it's so important and like connection in general is so important too. And like I said, it's just it's not a viable option for me to go over a month and not touch anybody. But at the same time, like I, I'm not one of those people who has like the 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 live in wife. <laughs> Uh, who, yeah, who isn't afraid to to touch them because you're already living together, and so it's like you know you got to deal with it anyway. But she got yeah. it. I got it. You know, it's the type <laughs> of situation right now. <laughs> Not that we don't all have our struggles. I'm just saying, in terms of this in particular, you know, um, yeah. And so for those of us who are living alone or who are living with someone who isn't typically somebody that we can cuddle and hug, it can be tougher to figure out how we can get um, some type of hug, get some type of connection, you know? And I know for me, I've been like, well, if I already have to be in the space with somebody then I'm kind of taking advantage of that, you know, but we already have to be close. Like, (laughs) for example, I've been doing some, uh, some moving gigs and, um, Yeah, like, you know, moving is considered an essential business. And so I've been doing some of that lately. And we have been like crammed in a U-Haul together. So when we're like crammed in the front of the U-Haul together, and I'm just like, well, we're, we're already kind of touching. Uh- right. <laughs> so what's the hug going to be in all this? <laughs> Can we just can we just acknowledge that our arms are gonna touch and can we just make it a couple be okay with that instead of you like trying to force yourself to not touch me every time we hit a speed bump? Like can we just make this okay? That's been what I've been on lately. I love that. Yeah. Otherwise otherwise you're just walking around with Lysol and gloves at this point. I mean it's uh it's serious out here with there not being a vaccine, right? I think that coronavirus will will be a part of our lives going forward just like smallpox chicken pox flu mm. right it'll just become part of our lexicon i don't think it's going away ever but until there's a vaccine and we flatten this curve i believe this is our new reality or our new normal is going to become very interesting as to how people begin to adjust with how we do touch or interact with each other, you know, we always laugh at the fist bumps um, that started yeah. many years ago, but mm-hmm. I foresee many fist bumps and arm pounds instead of hugs, you know, yeah. from people that we used to feel very comfortable hugging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's something I've actually been thinking about. Like, is this going to potentially shift the way we then interact with people after mm-hmm. this? Is there going to be a lingering effect where, like you said, Anna, like people are 
not get a hug when before this they normally would have hugged and not even hesitated? Or is there going to be some hesitation that people are going to be navigating? You know, I feel like after this, when people are in public and they cough, people are going to freak out for a while. Where before it wasn't, you know, I didn't think that much about it if I was in a store and somebody coughed unless it was like really ridiculous. But now I feel like there's potentially going to be this shift where people are just going to be more cautious and they're going to hold back a little bit in ways they didn't before. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that's like, that's a a challenging thing in terms of, you know, feeling really connected to people in terms of feeling a lot of comfort with people. But it also can be a good thing because it, in a lot of cases, will make people stop and reflect and ask for consent in places Mm. Have asked for consent before, and so I do like that. I also like, you know, the acknowledgement in some ways that some people might not be okay with this. Like some people just yeah. don't want your hug all across the board, and even if you were already like hugging those people, they may not have wanted it. So, like the mm-hmm. idea of having some additional options, like the fist bump and stuff, but still being able to connect with people in a physical way, I think is kind of beautiful. Mm. Yeah, that's that's an amazing point. That's an amazing point around the choices of being touched. People assume so often Mm -hmm. that everybody is comfortable, you know, with a hug. You don't know me. Um, So I think that's a a consent, you know, Um, I think that's a really important point. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, because even when you think about or when I it makes me kind of think about the different dynamics within my friends. And of course, there's those who are like more comfortable being more physical and like having hugs when we see each other. Some people have those longer hugs when you see each other. And there's definitely variation. And thinking about the potential for times that people probably were uncomfortable because not all of us are like that, right? There are different dynamics and Um, especially in friend groups, a lot of times people assume consent and don't necessarily feel that need to ask for consent in friend groups because it's like, oh, we're all friends. Like, we're cool with this, right? So that is a really important thing to kind of think about in terms of how it might change in a positive way. So I appreciate that perspective. That's great. Thanks. Yeah, and I think that um, I definitely, you know, obviously believe that consent is incredibly important and Mm -hmm. At the same time, like consent is a different thing in different groups. And um, I think it's important also in some groups to have blanket consent. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you want to throw it out there to your friend group or throw it out there to partners or whatever that like, hey, you know, like we're at a place where I feel like we can always, you know, just get go in for the hug whenever Mm -hmm. we hang out or whatever. Or you can always put your arm around me at my shoulders or snuggle in when watching a movie or whatever. Like having some of those types of relationships can be really valuable and really nice and put us at ease. And I think it's helpful to acknowledge it when we have that blanket consent to talk Mm -hmm. about it instead of just assuming it and kind of going with the flow like it's easier yeah to just like assume and go with the flow for at least one of the people but but (laughs) who may be more resistant or who might not be as comfortable on a consistent basis with that it's nice to acknowledge it and it could lead 
to a deeper um, connection, to a more authentic connection, to a more relaxed connection. And over time, as you both like know that like, hey, we do have complete permission with this. I'm doing this thing that I know that my friend is on board with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I think we all are going to have to find some new ways to connect just in general. I know that for me, um, I found that like in the beginning, I really wanted to jump on like every single Zoom activity and every mm-hmm. meetup, every dance party, every gathering, you know, event that was happening. And I found quickly that for me, that just didn't work. Like I often was going on being like, okay, I'm going to feel more connected after this. And I felt kind of lonely afterwards. It felt like it just didn't scratch the itch essentially um, because I wasn't getting the depth of connection that I wanted. And so what I ultimately had to do was, um, you know, find some specific um, things that I wanted to do, like find some specific um, meetups and, you know, and Zoom events and like get a little bit more selective around Mm -hmm. what what I was attending and also reach out to a few good friends, um, mostly friends who were in other states who I wanted to catch up with and stuff and have some of that like one-on-one time or that small group energy time so that we could connect in a way that was deeper, in a way that allowed yeah. me vulnerable, in a way that allowed me to feel really seen versus just like the casual, you know, small talk that might go on if I was doing a Zoom gathering that had, you know, 25 awesome people in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I've been doing dinner dates with friends on Zoom, even if like yeah. I'm still cooking or like I set up the laptop and we're both cooking and talking and we sit down <laughs> at the table and have dinner And it does have that different feel, like you said, of like really connecting. And we've had some deep conversations. Mm -hmm. And now kind of like hearing you say that, like, I do feel better after those type of Zoom meetings. When it is a whole group, it's kind of like, oh, nobody's here now. And it feels it feels different. It feels kind of more like the space is empty. Well, when I have that one on one connection and really get to have that conversation and spend time like virtually cooking with someone, right? As weird as that sounds, like it's kind of fun. And especially yeah. when the other person has more cooking skills than me and can like give me tips. So yeah. yeah, right? Sharing cooking tips, sharing recipes or, you know, so I've been playing around with that a little bit and definitely upped my cooking skills during all this. So something's gonna come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, do, I do think that the small versus the large is totally... Uh, a person-to-person personality trait, right? I mean, there's just some people who work better. I mean, this goes for life. Work better in small groups than they do in large groups, right? There's people who enjoy smaller institutions versus 30,000 people institutions, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think people feel connections differently, too. I, too, am one, though, that loves a small group, but I grew up that way in small churches, in small schools, in small universities. These were always my choices. But I I can, my cousin, for example, she loved getting on these whole 50 people karaoke nights mm-hmm. where it, I can't imagine it being organized <laughs> in any seeming way with people doing karaoke over Zoom. There's just no right. way that that is a thing, right? But she in, loves those things. And she is much more of an extrovert than I am. And she's still feeling a level of connection with this thing because she keeps inviting me to go. Eventually, I'll <laughs> this virtual karaoke and see what it's all about. But 
I think all those things are playing out now as well. Uh, I will say, I think it's pretty cool that my parents are like doing church on Facebook. I mean, these are 70-year-old people who have sworn off technology, right? But they ain't sworn off church. And so (laughs) church on Facebook means that I'm going to Facebook. So it's it's been an interesting um, turn of events in regards to the digital the digital divide in regards to um access or people you know and and where all of that lies so i think it's been what i'll say it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out after the curve flattens and how it looks in october and not just right now today that's real yeah, you know, like you have a good point about like the big groups versus the small groups, Anna. Like, um, honestly, up until like a few weeks ago, I thought that I strongly preferred big groups, and I and I do like big groups, but it's just like it's so different when it's in person versus online because it's like what I realized is I like big groups in person because I can have that big group experience, but then I also can like go over in the corner with a friend and then like have a little chat with. Them and then like later on, like, you know, go talk to somebody else and maybe, um, you know, arrive at the party really early or stay really late or whatever and have the, that time of small group where it's like with these like Zoom gatherings, it's like most people are starting around the same time and logging on around the same time. And so, yeah, I just don't get those little break off experiences that I so value and cherish. And so that's another thing that's really been illuminated by this whole experience is how much I value certain things, you know? And so I've been trying to stay in a place of gratitude around the things that come up of like, oh, I missed this thing. It's like, okay, that means I really value it. And then allowing Mm -hmm. myself to think about like, what is it that I really valued about it? What were some of my favorite experiences there? What do I hope to do, you know, in a few months um, when I'm able to go there again or do that thing again? Like that's allowed me to kind of, yeah, shift into a place of gratitude and happiness around those places, not around the whole, this overall experience, but, you know, specifically around those places and events, which has been good for me. Yeah, that's great. I think this does give us a lot of time to really reflect in that way on what we are grateful for. Like there's a lot of things I think a lot of people are feeling that they're missing, not missing as if it's not like there in that way, but realizing that, oh, when this is gone, I miss it. Right. Uh-huh. So then you get to really sit on that and reflect on, okay, yeah, I have appreciation for that. And whether that's experiences or even people, right? Like there's certain people when I leave, I'm like, okay, I leave their energy and I feel really pumped up by it. I feel really connected. I feel really good. So then I notice like, who am I reaching out to in these moments and feeling really connected to in these moments? And how is that affecting me? And then how do I want to bring that forward when we can reconnect in person? Because right now we're really making it what we can in the moment to stay connected but then how can I show that appreciation in a different way in person when we reconnect and making sure that I'm showing gratitude for the people as well who are like allowing me to stay connected. And even honestly, people who are texting and reaching out who maybe I only talk to every once in a while who are just checking in, I'm noticing we're all kind of checking in on one another even more, which I really value and appreciate and yeah. seeing those, those texts pop up just, Oh, Hey, how you doing? You know, just checking to see what's going on on your end. It, 
it really mm-hmm. shows shows a level of connection there too that I really really appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that. That is so important, and also it's important if for people who haven't you know checked on um, friends if you have mm-hmm. the energy and you know the reserves to do it, like please check on your friends, check on your people because yeah, some people are really missing that, really needing that, and. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about like not having the physical touch and for some people um just like not having a lot of conversations with other folks like organically Mm -hmm. um feeling very disconnected feeling less love can lead to you know a lot of feelings of anxiety and increased feelings um you know around that and like you know experiencing um depression and things like that as well and while um yeah COVID-19 is definitely affecting overall like um, the physical health of a lot of people. I know that it's also, you know, affecting our, you know, our mental health as well. Mental health is a big point, right? Mm-hmm. I think that I've been seeing quite a few stories about those who have committed suicide, you know, who, you know, just feel like a very dark place being isolated, feeling even more isolated. I think that we don't know how to live in this type of a crisis. So I think that, you know, generations before us, they have done it. And I think they mm-hmm. have shown that their lives do change after that, right? Like mm-hmm. um, people, who, people whose parents lived through the Great Depression, they they are not about frivolous. Or, and they are not about like not reusing the toilet tissue into like, like through two, you know, sheets at a time. You know what I'm saying? Like there isn't mm-hmm. any more, right? They, their normal changed after the Great Depression. You know, crises that we are used to today, I feel like our generation is used to violent crises, right? Mm-hmm. We've lived through 9-11. I'm living in Chicago, right? There's a certain level of crime. There's a certain level of awareness I am around the crime or the potential of crime around me. Something I cannot see, <laughs> but I'm I'm supposed to know that it's around me all the time. And that, that like social distancing mm-hmm. is have to do to sort of prevent this thing that I cannot see from affecting me, mm-hmm. right, is totally different. And I think it's really hard for folks to wrap their minds around that. And I think it can take a huge toll if you're not doing things that will uplift your spirit. And mm-hmm. if you don't know what in the world uplifts your spirit. Mm-hmm. I think there's been plenty of people who haven't done their own work to even know what feels good to be in these moments. I'm sitting here, family, for everyone listening, in my workout clothes because I am hopeful that today I am going to do something active for my <laughs> spirit because it's good for my mind. Otherwise, I will yeah. lose. Right. So I think that all of those things are coming in play now mm-hmm. uh, with COVID. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. It does. Yeah, so we all have to kind of find that new normal, uh, find what works for us, find what helps us to mm-hmm. feel connected because it's not just accidentally or quote unquote naturally happening anymore. We have to seek out mm-hmm. some of the connections that we were just, you know, stumbling upon before and taking for granted for sure. Yeah, and, you know, like you all are saying, like finding those things that make you feel good in your day and making time for those. Like I've found I'm working from home and if I just have some Pandora station, I know that kind of ages me. I have not got Spotify yet. I still have Pandora. (laughs) But if I have a station playing in the background that I really like, I could get into that I can play in between my patients. 
So, so it's not in the background during meetings and um, client work, but that shifts my mood during the day. If I get up and I, I'm home now, right? So if I make myself a decent breakfast and sit down and I'm starting my day checking my emails with a decent breakfast that I was able to prepare and I can enjoy, that starts my day off a little bit better. Um, and trying to, I was hoping to go for a walk today and as soon as I got ready to go out, it started storming. So that didn't happen. But yesterday it was beautiful. I went for a really long walk and just enjoyed feeling the sun on my skin and getting mm. my blood flowing and finding, trying out different things, right? Like you were saying, some people don't necessarily know what makes them feel that way. So just playing around with different things in your day and seeing what makes you feel good and just taking note of that and finding the time to incorporate that um, can be so important and can really be what keeps us together with our mental health and I'll get some of those endorphins even when we can't get them during this time because physical touch really releases those endorphins too right like we know that that's a way people get them sometimes and if you're a really connected person who's extroverted who is usually you know out there socializing being face to face with people and that's how you got your endorphins now we're trying to shift that and figure out what makes us feel that while we're at home and while we're connecting in different ways. Well, first, Dawn, I think that you should be listening to E3 Radio every day. Yes. Um, instead of Pandora. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. I think there's a, that's one thing for sure. Uh, so true. So true. Second is I'm with you on the endorphins. I mean, that's why I work out. It gets my brain going. Uh, I guess my mind going makes me, my body feel good. And it really does help me feel like I'm alive um, mm-hmm. and in a different way. I'll also say that my wife's way is dressing up and putting on makeup and doing TikTok videos. So, <laughs> and they're I'm great. Really, they're hilarious. They make me smile. So she's making see? other people smile too. So I love that. <laughs> people find their joy where they find their joy. Yes. And I found that I'm really like seeking that more on social media now, like seeking that content that's going to make me laugh, that's going to make me feel fuzzy, something like that. Like I'm trying to share more of those and not just the dark and dreary, here's the world we're living in, but at least mix it up because I think those are getting a lot of people through it right now. I posted something today that was, oh my gosh, I almost cried laughing because this woman was really bold and was open to sharing her story online about um, her experience in virtual schooling with her kids. And one of her kids walked in and asked how to turn off the virtual classroom on the phone. And she had a towel wrapped around her waist. And the whole class saw her breath. And then she went to go show the kid how to turn it off and drop the phone. And then it was an upward facing view. So she showed her and I read that I was like oh my god and she just shared it in a very like comedic like hilarious way and just like owned it it was like well that happened today so I'm gonna let you all know and that like made my day because she just like was all about just putting it out there and I really I appreciated that and she made so many people laugh I am sure being being willing to like share such an embarrassing story with the world it was great. So, yeah, that made me laugh today. 
That's amazing. It's amazing. Ooh. Yep. I mean, we're we're all getting used to this. Uh, technology, <laughs> figuring it out together. Uh huh. I love it. So have people been reaching out to you at all to kind of talk through this or to get tips on how to connect? What has it been like being in your field and now not being able to do in-person sessions or in-person groups with people? How have you kind of shifted that during all of this? Yeah, so I've definitely started like letting people know and like promoting that I do have virtual sessions available but for the most part, you know, people don't tend to think that that's, you know, that's a possibility uh, right, right now. And so there's a lot of, uh, of people who, you know, won't go to my site or who, yeah, who will probably be like, oh, I'll visit, you know, and check that out, you know, after the, mm -hmm. the shelter in place order, um, you know, under the assumption that it's just not an option right now, which I definitely mm -hmm. understand. But as much as I've been able, I've been kind of letting people know and also creating a lot of content on like YouTube to um, address, you know, different things, address different concerns, to talk to people about ways that they could possibly get touch and connection, you know, while staying, you know, staying sheltering in place, while, you know, honoring um, rules and guidelines as much as possible, because like this very much is, it's a marathon, you know, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, we can't just do all the things perfectly right and, and, and stay home completely by ourselves and, you know, mm -hmm. and not touch a single person for, you know, the, the until like until they quote unquote find a cure or whatever, like that's just not an option. Mm -hmm. It really isn't. And so we have to figure out ways that we can still get connection, figure out ways that we can still get touch, figure out ways that we can still feel seen, you know, while, yeah, again, honoring the guidelines as much as possible. And, you know, definitely honoring like the, your local laws and restrictions as well. And so I've just been trying to help people to navigate that as much as possible at every different stage that we've mm -hmm. been at it, during this process. Because I know that, you know, just like before, we had a time where we were not sheltering in place, but where we were um, trying to, you know, maintain some distance and, you know, while we were out in public. And when we're back to that again, then, you know, hopefully that information will still be helpful for people and something that they can kind of look to in terms of different ways to connect. Um, mm -hmm. I also very much like encourage people when you're able to, to like do things like eye gazing, you know, because mm -hmm. like eye gazing can definitely be like a big oxytocin boost as well. And it's, you know, it's not touch related. So, I mean, if you have pretty good eyes or pretty good eyeglasses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like seeing if, you know, one of your, your neighbors wants to meet and y'all can stand six feet apart and <laughs> and then, you know, you can, can look in each other's eyes and kind of connect in that way. Or even just having like that conversation with people, um, you know, virtually or again from a distance with people who are nearby having conversations can be incredibly important and you can get oxytocin released as well from a deep mm -hmm. conversation where you feel really seen, really heard, really valued. So trying to lean into those types of connections as much as possible um, is definitely really, really important. And for folks who are struggling to find somebody to connect with or who don't typically have, um, deep friendships with folks. Like I can highly recommend the virtual sessions. Feel free to reach out to me to, you know, talk about that. 
Um, I'm happy to hold space for people. I'm happy to uh, be a compassionate ear. I'm happy to play question games so we can like get to know each other and we can get vulnerable with each other. And you can hopefully um, feel some of that oxytocin kick in as well. And I know that that's a new thing for a lot of people trying out virtual sessions. So I, you know, do allow for like a tiny little mini sample session for folks to try that out as well, either over the phone or my preference is over video chat uh, to allow for us to see each other, you know, to uh, and to, yeah, to feel seen, to feel connected a little bit more. That's beautiful to have those options, you know, to mm-hmm. and I love the eye gazing thing that didn't even cross my mind, but that can be such it's interesting when you do it, it can be such a powerful thing. And it could bring up unexpected connection, like it tends to bring out emotion, I think, in a way that people don't typically anticipate when they do it. Um, And it, it can feel really deeply connecting. So I appreciate you sharing that option, because I hadn't even thought about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, again, we got to get creative uh, for some Mm -hmm. of us in terms finding that connection um, and doing what we can to advocate for ourselves. I mentioned earlier that I do moving gigs with a move to remember. And yeah, like when we're on the gig, sometimes there are like people who are like yelling at us, but not in a bad way. Like well, we all were walking up to a building one time and there was like this person yelling out from her window, like, hey, people, hi, you know, Aww. Not as many people out on the street these days. So if you live in like a quieter neighborhood, like it just could be exciting to just see anybody, especially if you're like home by yourself. You know, if you you know don't have a roommate or a partner living with you, uh, just having that type of connection. And we were thrilled to wave hi and you know to see that person and to have like a thirty second chat uh, <laughs> out the window with that person. But yeah, just finding different ways to connect with people is so so important, and we have to find spend some time I think to get in touch with what's important to us to get in touch with what we need and what we want and to figure out how we can get that need met yeah it makes me think I noticed the other day when I did go on a walk the neighbors were out on their porches and they were playing music and I appreciated it so much more than I used to like before I'd be like oh I I live in a cute little neighborhood like I appreciate this but that day, it made me feel connected in an unexpected way, just yeah. seeing people sitting out front because it was a nice day and they were playing their music and they were happy because they were, you know, vibe into the music they had going on. And some of them live with people. So some people, you know, had one other person out there and they were chatting and laughing. And that alone, just seeing that and being around that uplifted yeah. me just walking around the neighborhood. So, yeah, I encourage people to even do that. Like if you're going to enjoy each other's company, like maybe do it on the front porch instead of the back porch. So other people just have exposure to that because other people might be living alone in their places, right? So even just seeing that really uplifted me that day and made me feel really good. I hear that. I um, It was like three days ago, I was walking to the grocery store and I um, I heard a child laugh and it was just like, happiest moment because mm-hmm. I was like oh, I think it's been weeks since I've heard a oh. child laugh because uh, yeah there are no children in my building and I've pretty much just been in my building um, mm-hmm. and so 
Yeah, it was just, it was such a treat. It was such a treat. So I appreciate you encouraging people to to share those moments, to share those experiences, to share that laughter, that joy, because we do see a lot of sadness right now. It's important to remember that there also is happiness happening right now as well. Yeah. A lot of happiness and a lot of hope. Yeah. Right? yeah. You've got people doing some amazing things, giving back to people. I've got a friend who's making PPE masks for his, the hospital in his area because he has a 3D printer, right? Nice. And people are like using their gifts and or their financial blessings. I've seen people copying and pasting um, the this message like, hey, if you're a first responder, the first two to respond, I'll buy you lunch today, right? I've mm. seen that times on my Facebook feed from people that I know. So I feel like in the midst of it all, people are pulling out the good, people are mm-hmm. finding hope and helping where they can, right? So I, I feel like humanity is still thriving in yeah. the best ways in which it can um, right now in the midst of it all. Yeah, it's so oh, important it's- to acknowledge the good coming out. Yes, exactly. Or um, I got a friend who lives in the South Loop and every day at eight o'clock, they're all going outside screaming hello world and yelling at Aww. each other and got flashlights going, you know, That's um, cute. eight o'clock every day. Also saw another post uh, one of the nights at eight o'clock. Everybody just go out of their windows and just yell and thank first responders and people who are essential workers about being out here in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about being out here in the world because it's, we just don't know, right? Mm-hmm. We just don't know. Yeah. And so important to show appreciation for all those people who are putting themselves at risk all day, like from the doctors and nurses to the people preparing food and working in the grocery stores, everybody who is actually still going out there every day and putting themselves at risk to try and help everyone and help everyone get through this, this time that like you were saying, like none of us were prepared for, none of us knew how to navigate it in at least this generation. And we're all just kind of figuring it out. And there's a lot of good coming out of this and a lot of people doing what they can to support each other. And it's beautiful. We're getting to see that beautiful side and the earth (laughs) healing itself in ways that I feel like the conversations on the other side have really been like, oh, this is impossible. Like, there's nothing we can do to help the planet. There's nothing we can do to heal the damage we've done. And I love also seeing the stories about how quickly the earth heals itself when we all keep our asses inside and are not driving a bunch of cars and all the buses aren't running and all the planes aren't flying as much. You know, we obviously need the technology we have, but there are ways we can really reduce the impact that we're having in a negative way because that repair is so quick and it's so amazing to see. And now we can't really deny that it's possible anymore. I feel like. Well said. Love that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you hanging with us. And I know you shared a lot of tips. Is there anything else that you haven't mentioned resources, anything that you want people to check out or you think would be beneficial during this time, especially your website, give that a plug. Um, what, what do you want people to connect with? Yeah. Um, I'll say I've been keeping uh, most up to date on my Facebook page and Instagram. So like Facebook uh, slash Chicago cuddles um, mm-hmm. or like on Instagram is our touch points. 
But yeah, like definitely, you know, trying to spread love and light as much as I can out in the world. So definitely, yeah, check out um, those places if you're looking for some love and some light right now. Because I know there's, again, there's a lot of, a lot of darkness, a lot of sadness out there. And I fully acknowledge and honor, honor that and um, understand that. And like, yeah, my, my goal right now for myself is just to bring as much light as I'm capable of bringing. And I encourage everyone to practice as much self-care as you can, mm-hmm. you know, find those little things that help you to feel grounded. Um, you know, whether that be for you, it could be meditating for 10 minutes. It could be, um, you know, going on a run. It could be just like taking an extra long shower or it, it might be, um, you know, eating some Oreos, like whatever makes you feel like grounded or happy in this moment, the little simple things or like even like smelling a really good candle. Like for me, mm-hmm. that's like an instant quick boost, like find those little things that just make you happy in the way that like a kid is happy when you like bring home a new coloring book mm-hmm. or they see a balloon or see a squirrel, even like those tiny little bits of happiness, even if it's just mm-hmm. for a second, we need it so badly. So I encourage you to identify those things, seek them out as much as you can, put them around your home as much as you can and surround yourself with like love and happiness during this time. That's perfect. I love that. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Uh, Have a good night. You too. Good night. You too, Sean. Connect with Beyond Queer Stories on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Queer Stories and on Twitter at Beyond Queer Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, click the link on our Facebook or Instagram page or email us at beyondqueerstories at gmail.com. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please rate us and subscribe to help boost the podcast. Our podcast music is created by B. Steadwell. Check out her music, tour dates, and other queer art at bsteadwell.com. That's B-E-S-T-E-A-D-W-E-L-L.com. Beyond Queer Stories is produced and edited by Dawn Brown and recorded in the Cards Against Humanity podcast studio in Chicago, Illinois. Check out their products at cardsagainsthumanity.com. Talk to you all next week. Next time on Beyond Queer Stories. As we lay... I kept replaying the scene in my mind and wondering if I should have handled it differently. I had never been confronted like that. I guess she could tell I was still thinking about it. She leaned over. I'm sorry that happened. You okay? Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with him? Why would he yell that? I don't know, baby. I love your chest, she said as she leaned closer to kiss it. You know, it's not even about him. But fuck what he represents as a white man who thinks he's entitled to everything, including my body. Regardless of whether he saw me as a trans person or not, it's none of his goddamn business. I know, baby. I love my trans hubby. I could feel the warmth of her love and the calm of the waves replacing the anger and fear in my body. We pulled our chairs closer and I wrapped my arms around her. She laid her head on my chest and we... Relaxed. Bye. 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 Bye.